This is the Wizards Nightshirt Podcast, episode 12. Welcome to the Wizards Night Shirt. This is episode number 12. I'm Will, and I've had an energy drink, and it might be a mistake, and I'm here with Rebecca. Hi. And Scott. Hi, Will. <laughs> <laughs> They've also had energy drinks, so this will be a very fast episode, maybe. Uh, at the Wizards Night Shirt, we're revisiting He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and She-Ra, Princess of Power. Today, we're reviewing She-Ra, Season 1, Episode 6, Duel at Devlin. The air date was December 6th, 1985. In this episode, She-Ra teaches some villagers to take a stand against the Horde. And a horrible little creature named Loki, Luki, 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 delivers the show's first moral. What? I like, did, did, did you, did you guys see Loki in the, in the beginning? I'm like, what, what is no, that thing? No, Loki came out of nowhere <laughs> and I am mad about it. I saw him. I <laughs> saw him. Not, you did not. I did see you him. You saw Loki before. It was Loki like the was... third time I saw the episode. I'm like, what is that thing sitting in the background? Well, if you go back and watch it, he does look kind of creepy when uh, the, the little uh, troll guy's going down the hill. You can see him peering out behind the trees like mm-hmm. Jason or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a, yeah. That that's how you took it, like a horror movie, and not just like a little. Well, he was he was kid. being kind of creepy. I'm not sure that other creatures are aware of him, and that's what makes him creepy. Well, seeing as how we have never heard of Lookie before now, or seen anybody mention Lookie, that's probably true. But he wanted to make you think you had seen him before because he says it's me again. Yeah, is yeah. What does what does Lookie look like? Uh, rainbow, ri- rainbow bright yes. ripoff. Yes, yes, he does. He looks like rainbow. He's wearing. Okay, so Lucky murdered Rainbow Bright and took her clothes, and that is that is what Lucky does. Went through a dimension. <laughs> Went through a dimension portal <laughs> into Etheria, and that is where Lucky is Dude. creeping on everybody. <laughs> He's like, look at me. <laughs> it's like he hijacked the episode. So, so to be clear, this is a little creature that's going to start appearing at the end of all the Shira episodes and giving a moral from now on. They didn't do this during the five part. A mini series, but from now on, Lookie's going to be there. They didn't, and you know what? This makes me a little concerned about where the series is going because we talked about how much we really enjoyed the five-part, you know, um, intro arc to Shira, and how we thought it just like had this great story, a great enemy, like a great struggle, and you know, everything was set up so wonderfully. And then this episode got very silly. And if Lookie is a portent of things to come in Etheria, <laughs> then that is looking grim. Over there, I agree, and yeah. I, I I feel like the the she was very like it's either like super cutesy or like we're gonna make it dance with lasers. <laughs> I uh, I was gonna say the exact same thing. I, it's becoming very clear that the show is in conflict with itself, and you can sort of see why they had so much trouble <clears throat> getting people to um, get on board with She-Ra uh, in the way that they wanted them to uh, with He-Man. And it's probably because they kept trying to have it both ways and couldn't just commit. And they wanted to have like a serious, like a cool high fantasy concept, but they kept having to throw in stuff they thought was cutesy so 
quote, girls would like it instead of just committing to a good story. Right. I, I really <clears throat> did get shades of uh, Roger Myers and the and the Poochie crew behind the uh, one-way mirror <laughs> in that episode of The Simpsons. Um, you know, where it just, it feels like something that someone who was a higher up in a toy company, perhaps, or some somebody, you know, who was not part of... Uh, who wasn't originally part of the story design really wanted them to push the cutesiness. And, uh, as, as a kid, I don't think I was feeling the cutesiness and I'm definitely not feeling it now. As, as a kid too, you think, you think you'd want the looky toy? You could make them appear around things. Or like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's play murderer. <laughs> Mommy, like, looky's looking at me at night. I don't like it. I try to go to sleep and looky keeps looking. I, I was thinking that one of the mistakes they were making to try to have it both ways, cutesy and like a cool fantasy concept was, I think they kept confusing childishness and things that are juvenile with things that girls would like instead they just couldn't they couldn't imagine that girls would just like a cool fantasy story they're like well girls are gonna have to like the part that girls are supposed to like in the episode was very childish and yeah that's infantilizing yeah you know what i wasn't even mad about that but i've had an energy drink too (laughs) and now you're getting me all riled up that's our yelling juice (laughs) that's our yelling juice ah (laughs) Who do you think you are, Lucky? You ain't so big. <laughs> well, look at me. I look right back at you. I don't like what you look like, yeah, Lucky. I, yeah. <laughs> no, you're fine. I'm sorry. Uh, so yes, I, I also I also agree with it with the with the uh, what was her name? She she put frosting on it. it was oh, Frostra. Frostra. Frosta. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, is is there more like princesses out there that do like seasonal things? Or I, I, I think so. And, and we should hit on that when we walk through the episode a little bit. But I thought that was funny. Frostra shows up just for a cameo, just for funness and beautifulness, and has no impact on the plot. Never comes back for the rest of the whole episode. She's I, just there for like the the what are those people called? I think the troll people. I want to call them like spriggans or something. Maybe yeah, that's okay, a Dungeons and right, Dragons yeah. thing. I'm getting confused, but something like sprogs or yeah, the well, whatever the the sprog people. Yeah, the Smurfs. Yeah, okay, yeah, there you go. Uh, I, she's just there for their entertainment, maybe. I know they made a beautiful doll of her because when I'm looking for He-Man commercials, you'll often you'll see, see yeah girls are are brushing her luxurious hair. So they really had to shoehorn Frosta in. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to get that toy in front of them. Like we got the miniseries done, time to push the toys. It's almost like a reset for the show, I think. Yeah, a bad reset, Lucky. <laughs> I'm so angry. Oh, it's me again, Lucky. Did you find where I was hiding today? If not, take another look. I, I just referenced the uh, uh, Simpsons episode where uh, they introduced Poochie into Itchy and Scratchy. And, and that's a reference that I find myself using a lot, particularly when they have the scene with the focus group. Like, So the kids are in the focus group and they're watching the, the new cartoon that has Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie in it. And they have a dial that they're supposed to turn to the right when they like something and then turn to the left when they don't like something. One kid and, seems to really like the Speedo Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's just a great episode anyway. Um, and uh, I, I found myself turning my Poochie dial to the left <laughs> a lot on this on this episode. Every so. time they showed the Smurf people. Yes. Yeah. That whispering woods just... Yeah. 
but we talk about some things we have concerns about. But if there's one thing I'm sure we can all agree on this episode is that Dylamug, the new villain, is incredible. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's, he's amazing. I, I like it's. It, why don't they make more of him? Is he just like a general? What is he? like? I don't know. I was so confused because, you know, at the beginning, it's like Roadhouse Etheria. And there's, <laughs> you know, there's like this, a saloon scene and like Dialamug is in there with a bunch of hordesmen, you know, when they're uh, harassing villagers. And so because it was like a party atmosphere, I looked at Dialamug and in my, in my notes until I saw his name in the captions, I kept referring to him as TikiBot. And so I thought he was like a party robot. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, you just turn the sound off. You have party music playing. He's a, he's a party he's bot. He's a party he's bot. He's playing with pie. He's got, yes. he's, he's got, he's got lights on his head. They're he can dancing. Like... And so I just thought I was like, and I was really confused when he showed up later, later in the episode, like in a battle context. Because I'm like, what's the party bot doing outside of the party? And it was confusing. But he was great. I did really like him. So if so if, if you're wondering what Dylamug looks like, obviously you can look him up. Basically, he has his face where his stomach should be, and on top of his head are all these uh, like incandescent light bulb type things, and he has little ratchet arms that make ratchet noises when they move, and he's got mechanical legs, and he talks in a very mechanical, stilted way. He's like, now damn for us, villager, uh, 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 when he laughs, and it's very scary, and I love it. <laughs> it is. I love it, too. Incidentally, do you think that if there was a party robot, like, would that be better to party with a party robot, or would he be missing something essential for a party? Some human element. I don't. Is Dialamug the party hordesman, or does he have other specialties? I don't know. I think he wants was, somebody I, to escalate and encourage you and dare you to do things that are not a good idea, and I think he could do that. What Dialamug? Uh huh. Yeah, I, I. I felt like it, I, I, I thought about this, and I, I think he has the essence of somebody else's being in the robot. Oh, like so, oh, so, so they can't yeah. make more of him. They, they, they would have to find someone just as terrible to put that essence into another robot. That makes sense. <laughs> they had to get his personality routines from somewhere. You know what it reminds me of? RoboCop Two. Do you remember that? They had the. They wanted to like kind of do an Ed two hundred nine, but it needed more intelligence. So they got some like evil drug dealer's brain and put him inside yes, of the robot. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they were they, for some reason they were he was making people do heroin or something too. I don't remember. <laughs> Robocop got confusing. <laughs> so, so I don't think Dialamug's into that. He's into pie. It's a little, it's a, a little, little less skeezy. Uh, but basically the way we're introduced to Dialamug is they have a great opening shot of this bar and some man, like Scooby-Doo looking man, comes out in his uh, nightgown and he looks just like Don Knotts and he goes in there and he says, he says, you need to keep it down. Dialamug brings him in, makes him dance on the table and then uh, the barkeeper comes out, tell him to knock all that off and then the and then Dialamug makes him dance with lasers and then the barkeeper's daughter comes out and she calls Dialamug and Meanie and puts it and makes him put a pie in his face. It, there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. This this family uh, um, in in Devlin, the village that is of interest in today's episode. Um, first of all, I gotta say that innkeeper Darius yeah. is jacked. <laughs> you know, not everybody in Etheria is jacked like on Eternia. However, he was jacked, and then his little girl was like brave. 
and she had a terrible child's tunic. That, <laughs> did that they she did you think it was a girl all the time? I was. I thought. I thought she it was. Could go kinda, either way. Yeah, she was. She was kind of androgynous in that way. I guess they, they did. They drew some rather strong features on her face. Uh, she she had like a, a nose with character that was interesting, and then of course she had a terrible like standard standard haircut. issue child haircut. Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, which is which is also just unfortunate. Poor Cristela. Um, I remember when my sister was little, like, you know, you, there's an age, like your mom cut your hair, like, you know, unless you're real fancy and you like go to fantastic Sam's. <laughs> <laughs> I, went to, I went to tangles and tans. Thank you very much. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Y'all had a place that was your hair. You had a haircut place called yeah. tangles and tans. Why do you think I got a beautiful tan and tangles? <laughs> you did not. Yes. That's not real. Yes, it's real. Do they untangle your hair or they tangle your hair there? <laughs> you can get standard issue it was, is haircuts. Ta- is tangling just like perms? They just thought it was a cute name, guys. Okay? <laughs> They're trying to start a business. Did you get a perm? That's what I'm That's what I'm. I didn't, about. but my sister did. Okay, all right. Tangles and tans. It's a cute name. They it had to, it was they had tanning beds there. Oh yeah. Okay. Did they have tanning beds at the? Yeah, of course they had tanning beds. It's yeah. a, it's it's in the name. That was in the years before spray tans. I mm-hmm. mean, so yeah, it would have been tanning beds. Mm-hmm. This is that was in the eighties, wasn't it? In nineties. Yeah. yeah. Was tanning beds that popular back then? They were where I was. Okay, all right. <laughs> you live in the south. You live yeah, you got to get that like gator in a warm skin. area. Yeah, why, why don't you just go outside? We got things to do. I have to speed it up. Okay, Scott. it's got to answer Sorry. your question. Okay. Also, you can tan outside, but there is an element of classiness that you have to have. Like if you're classy, you will tan in a tanning bed because otherwise you tan it in your yard, and that is not what a classy lady does. (laughs) You could be like my friend's mom, Cheryl, who would get on her lawn chair and have her baby oil and tan in her front yard like topless, like but laying down, you know, so you don't see anything, Cheryl. But like... If, do you really want to be the lady who tans in your yard? All the neighbors are mowing. <laughs> Cheryl's tanning. Look, everybody. Hubba hubba. To answer your question. We call that Auga mowing. If, if you are a classy lady, Scott, you can't just go outside. you got to go to the tanning bed. Because otherwise, you and Cheryl are going to be tanning in your yard. Okay. Okay. Tanning is on topic for a He-Man podcast. <laughs> well, it is. It is of interest. You, you, you want to be the hue of He-Man, yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so anyway, I was going to say... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, where were we again? <laughs> we did not go to Tangles and Tans or Fantastic Sam's. I was just going to say that when my sister was little, my mom used to cut her hair, you mm-hmm. know, like to save money, before you get to like too old school age. And my sister hated it because mom always just, you know, she's not a hair technician. Mm-hmm. So she always just kind of got like a... Straight across. Like a... She got a Cristala. Okay. <laughs> she got a Cristala. That was, that was the do. So, you know, and then my hair never really grew very much. So I don't even know if I ever got a haircut until we went to the beauty school. Not Fantastic Sam's. It's, would, just, it's been a while since we brought up Fantastic Sam's. I just want to give them a shout true, out. True, true. So they know I love them. Yeah, we do follow them on Twitter. I'm hoping they'll sponsor our show. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm working on it. <laughs> They're fantastic. <laughs> Sam, we'll, Sam, we'll tag call them, me. We'll tag them and completely befuddle and concern their social media person. Don't do that to their social media person. <laughs> their job is hard enough. Okay? They're just trying to get through work hungover. Don't worry about it. 
Before we move on to the forest creatures of Bright Moon, uh, mm. how does this scene wrap up? Uh, she puts the pie in Dialamug's face. The hordesmen laugh at Dialamug, and they pretty much just leave, res- resolving in their heads to come back and cause them trouble later, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was weird because Dialamug, you, you thought he was going to do something. Right. But then, it was, then he was like, no, maybe I took it too far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, a child just put a pie in my face. I've made some mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we were supposed to get out of that, but that indeed happened. Um, did y'all notice the same loot player yeah. from before was there? And I did like him. He yeah. was like, he was aghast at, at what was happening, but he was there. That dude is stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just don't get it. Like, if your town is overrun by these people, like... Just can he move somewhere else? I don't know. He might have been from. He was from the other town, and he. He's a traveling loot player. <laughs> yeah, he's like great. I can't get away from these guys. <laughs> he's just he's just trying to play his loot, and make a little money. As long as he keeps playing, he'll be all right. Bless his heart. All right, so uh, uh, smash cut to the Whispering Woods, and here's where the episode gets silly, and I can't handle it, starting with some bird with a trumpet nose playing Reveille while its butt made it like, like, go all over the screen, and I was not having that. It was a real Looney Tunes vibe right off the bat. And these creatures, too, there's a lot more of them, of all uh, shapes and sizes, and they, they, you, you can't not think of the Smurfs when you see them. That has to be what they were thinking of. I suppose that is true. They even had like a, like a late, a lady beauty Smurf in the background. I saw. So, the, and, and the Frost has spent the night. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> Girl, look, Scott, you don't know this, but girls love slumber parties, <laughs> okay. and I know that's what they were thinking All right. about. All right, Re- yeah, Rebecca, I, I confirm. That. Is that you what they know were thinking what? about? I, I, it's probably what they were thinking about, but I wasn't. I guess I didn't even pay attention to that detail, but that is ridiculous. It was like her little her friend came her over friend from her came castle. to spend the night. I was just too busy wondering about Frosta's like royal lineage, and I'm like, is this Frosta of the Candyland Frostines, <laughs> or is this a different dynasty? <laughs> Uh, and that's what I was worrying she's about. She's from Castle Chill. Which is, incidentally, what I'm calling my house from now on. <laughs> Come over to Castle Chill. Um, yeah, no, that was the Frosta thing was ridiculous. And then the, okay, I, they're, I keep calling them Twiglings. They're not called Twiglings. They're called Twiglings from now on because I can't remember what they're okay, called. Okay, fine. And then, so, I did, I, I had to watch this episode twice. So, one of them is called Sprocker. And then the, the girly one is called Sprit. Tina. Okay. But then I wrote a bunch of them trying to remember their names. Sprague. I think Sprague is mm-hmm. one. And then I wrote <laughs> Spritzel and Schlecka. And that's just wrong. <laughs> just, so just, you just I started was, naming them. I did. I like just, dogs. I just started guessing. And uh, that was it's probably better than what they named them. So that's all right. It's all the same. Yeah. And they were horrible. Now, here's something I was wondering. What could you gather about Sprocker's physiology from his outfit or body? He is completely spherical. His arms are huge. He's very muscular. Um, is that what you're asking? Well, yes. And well, like, so his, the, you know, so he's got this sort of like pale purple, huge skin, right? And then like, they're wearing like dark green outfits. And like the outfits are onesies. Uh-huh. Those floppy feet that look like leaves, are, are those just like, footy pajamas that they're all wearing oh. or are they kind of leaves and i don't know 
I don't care even. I'm just befuddled by this whole scene. Um, I'm not sure because they don't even look similar to each other. So no. it's kind of kind of hard to tell. They all just have terrible <clears throat> outfits. They're no frosta. Are you, are you guys just avoiding the next the next topic, <laughs> which is <laughs> razzle dazzle zizzle oh, dazzle? Yeah, <laughs> the Madam Rat. This went on for way too long. <laughs> yeah, way too then, long. Yeah, and then she's like, she's conjuring eggs on top of people, and then she's making breakfast. Yeah, what's his name? The the Bo. Yeah, well he Cowell? gets he gets it. Kyle, yeah, and Kyle's Kyle's like, and then he gets it on the head, and you're just like, really? Come on! And then it's like, and then you let her keep going. Like, I, I'm i going to make some pancakes. Oh, it's a humongous pancakes, and now we're going to die by getting crushed by I pancakes. Thought, I was like, y'all are going to get killed by that pancake, but they were just giggling like it was funny, and it didn't hurt them. That and had then, some heft to it. And then Bo was laying underneath it. He's just eating it. <laughs> yeah, it was a little silly for Bo, I thought. Yeah. I could not have turned my poochie dial anymore to the left <laughs> during this whole sequence. I was just in denial. I was like, is this seriously the same show that was showing us like Shadow Weaver and Adora having this like tense, complicated relationship? I have to imagine that this is that this is not the tone for the rest of the whole series. And and that there will be other good main storyline episodes. Kind of like X Files when you would just watch for the main government conspiracy alien stories and didn't at least I didn't care about the monster of the week thing. I'm hoping it's like that. I hope it is, too, because, you know, this is going to be a long haul. I'm not going to watch 140 episodes of this, <laughs> or however many there are. That is not happening. It, as if we needed to uh, punctuate this horrible sequence, which went on very long time. Uh, She-Ra is... Wait a minute. Why does She-Ra decide to leave? I forget. Now, here's the thing. I wrote... I made a note. She-Ra don't need a reason to change into She-Ra. I was going to write. I was, yes, <laughs> yeah. It was very irresponsible. I don't think Sorceress gave her a lot of direction. Like, that sword's not for fun. <laughs> she just decided she was well, going to. She's, she's going out for training. Is that why she's leaving? Well, I mean, she can't fly anywhere without changing. That's the problem. She can just ride that horse. Yeah. Well, she's spoiled now. Like, I can't ride like a yeah. plebe. Yeah. She, she wants to fly. Yeah, she just decided. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. Cause, well, because He-Man will change into He-Man to train, you know, and then change back. He's not actually fighting anybody. I suppose that's true. That's I, that's that's very charitable, Scott. I'll give you that. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, she's not training, <laughs> but she's just doing it for fun. But She's like scouting around, I guess. She's okay. like looking, for, looking maybe, to maybe see. Maybe she's looking for a flea market or something so she can go <laughs> do her Saturday <laughs> afternoon shopping. And it's to fly there. It's faster. Well, her destination <clears throat> ends up being this uh, like field of wheat, and that happens to be where Cristala is traveling because she's trying to get to Bright Moon for help for her village. And uh, when Cristala's out there, some hordesmen have abandoned this automated thresher machine that's just mowing down all these uh, wheat stalks and everything, and the thresher is coming after Cristala. And uh, there's like a, a daring rescue from She-Ra to, to save Cristala. There is. And Cristala, of course, trips like an idiot, Cristala. Learn to use your legs, Cristala. <laughs> You're in your purple shirt and your purple pants. That's a terrible look. Well, I immediate. <laughs> <laughs> She's a child. <laughs> well, she could 
dress herself, Scott. Come on, come on, come on Darius. She's a poor child. Her mom made those her clothes. It's better than the leaf people. It's barely people. That it's is also true. Be- now is it be- isn't this outfit better than Leotard Child who didn't want him to take Whitey his horse? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Leotard. Are you sure it's not the same child, just different hair? <laughs> <laughs> Can I talk about this Thresher scene for a second? When I saw it, I immediately thought of Superman three. Do you remember that scene where the child's sleeping at the picnic and then the thresher's coming through and Superman has to swoop in, stop the thresher and save the child? That has to be what they were thinking about. Superman three came out in 1983, this is 1985, but that has to be what they were thinking about. How, how many other examples of saving kids from threshers? I mean, where, where else would you get that from? <laughs> I don't know. I think there's a pro, I mean, it was a problem when you, when, and I would say, you know, I, I, the great the, like, the like, Thresher epidemic in the eighties. <laughs> no, no, not in the eighties. So 80s. many kids thrashed. Like, like, like you know, <laughs> back in the day, like this, this, this seems like, you know, a, a time of a time in the past. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Like so, in medieval so, times. Yeah. This so, is, so like falling off your the Threshers thresher in medieval times. Getting, <laughs> yes. Uh, a little, little shaky on your history there, Will. <laughs> Uh, in, in a in a child labor economy, in an everyone labor economy, threshing accidents are a problem. Right. Okay. So we don't think it's Superman three that gave them the idea. I don't know. Maybe it was. I I'll, don't remember. I'll, that. G- I'll give it to you. It was late. It was late one night, and they were watching Superman three, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll just ever do that." <laughs> That's why Richard Pryor showed up at the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Pryor's the voice of. <laughs> oh man, that'd be incredible. That would have been awesome. <laughs> and they just have to animate whatever he improv. That would be incredible. So when Shira saves Cristala and has her get on the horse, this is the eighties. Were they not concerned about stranger danger? Just some lady. She's like, get in my car, pretty much, is what she was telling Cristala. Oh, that is true. Well, no, everyone knows who she is, right? No? She Shira? I, I mean, she I guess, didn't know. I guess it's pretty safe to assume that the lady in the Valkyrie armor with the glorious flying horse is probably with the rebellion and safe and awesome, right? I mean, you know. No, she didn't offer her candy or anything. It's probably safe. <laughs> I mean, you know, stranger danger aside, like, you know, it's a better bet than what she's got going on at home, which is being harassed by Dylamug <laughs> in her poor child tunic <laughs> while her dad just sits there and does bicep curls behind the bar. <laughs> and her mom sews more terrible flower sacks. <laughs> Poor Cristala. Cristala, she's just a pitiful little creature, wasn't she? When they were up flying in the air, I thought I was going to die. When she says, "Wee, I'm flying," yeah, that's yeah, it was pretty rough. Yeah, but she's she's Wee. learning. Wee, I'm flying. So she and uh touch down uh, near uh, Devlin and find um, Cristala's dad frozen in a block of ice because Nyla Muggs, people had come by and given him some trouble earlier. Oh, that's right. Apparently they need a hall pass to leave the village. Um, this is a rule that we've just heard of. Uh, also, okay, I don't, I'm mixed up in my timeline a little bit, but somewhere here I've made a note that, uh, Katra has now been promoted to Force Captain. Yeah. With Adora That gone. was cool, little Lord. Well, I thought that was a good little detail. Who's it? When was that? 
I don't know. I just know. mentioned it in passing. Yeah, right. Oh. Like, I just, yeah, the, like, I just have what a What did the Hordesmen remark oh. to each other? Like, okay. Force Captain Catra wants us to watch this ridge or something okay, like right, that. Right. Well, like, Catra's moving on up. I want to see that story and not Madame Raz in a pancake <laughs> show. Where's, where, where's Catra's story? I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it, but come on. You're killing me. And so those mean hordesmen will never stop bullying the people of our village. What's her name? Katrala? Kitrol? What's the kid's name again? I already Cristala. forgot. Cristala. yeah. Just think of Crystal on Roseanne, your least favorite <laughs> character, which, <laughs> I, which I don't understand. But it's I like that. One thing about the Crystal, champagne. But... Or the champagne. Or the champagne. Okay. I, Crystal. Back to Crystal from Roseanne. <laughs> I appreciate her as a character, but I feel like she's in my house when she's on the screen, and it just makes me depressed. I just I don't even know who that is. Who is that? She was, she was Roseanne's like pitiful friend from high school, and they worked at Wellman together in the first season, and then Crystal eventually goes on and marries Dan's father, and then they have more kids. Yeah, two kids. Okay. It's been a long time since I've seen Roseanne. Everyone, let's watch Roseanne. Roseanne podcast this is going to be our next one. That would be a good one. Okay. Anyway. Ooh, who would um, who would John Goodman be in the He Man universe? Ram Man. He could be a great Ram Man. He would be a good Ram Man. What did I? I just heard him doing a voice for something. I'm not sure. On my kids, one of my kids. He he's great as everything. Oh, like on a card, like on a yeah, cartoon. A cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad. That's good work for John Goodman. It is. I'll, I'll I love seeing John Goodman everywhere just recently. Can we do one more Roseanne casting? Who would be fun to cast? Well, I don't know, but I do totally agree with uh, uh, John Goodman as Ram Man. Okay. For our official He-Man casting. Okay. Well, we we have to find a place for Laurie Metcalf, but I don't know wh- oh, what that would goodness. be. She is so good. She is great. Maybe she could redeem Madame Raz. Maybe she'd be a good Madame Raz. If anyone could do it, it's her, but okay. I don't know. She's a talented actress and a gift to the world. <laughs> yes. Speaking of gifts to the world, the hordesmen have in, have uh, uh, forced the villagers of Devlin to bring out their treasures <laughs> into the town square as tribute. And surprisingly, they have pretty good treasure. Like, I'm seeing some gleaming coins uh, there. No, you see why they were after these villagers. They're, they're like poking them with sticks and uh, ha- beautiful gilt... Uh, hand mirrors are falling out of them and stuff. Yeah, they're <laughs> holding out on the horde. You know what it reminds me of? You remember that uh remember that old video game, that old arcade game uh Golden Axe and at the end of each act yeah. when you slept these little goblins would come by and try to steal your treasure and you had to wake up and poke them and get all your treasure back. I feel like that's what they were doing to the villagers, running around just poking them and just gold stuff's just falling out of them everywhere. <laughs> it was great. It was a great scene. It was a great scene. Now, can we talk real real quick about that weird statue in the town square of yeah. Devlin? Did you do any research on no. it? No. Okay, I did. There's just a really quick, I mean, like, I, by research, I mean, uh, hasty Google search. Mm-hmm. It's my intensive research. Um, you know, when when they just show the village, of, the village square in Devlin, there is this bizarre statue there that looks like, and it gets zapped. Like, yeah, it gets zapped by a laser. Yeah. You only see it for a second, but it's like a barbarian type man, mm-hmm. muscle bound, with a woman slung over his shoulder, mm-hmm. not unlike a Frank Frazetta Conan type yeah. uh, thing. And it was just such a weirdly specific statue to be like in a 
in a town square that I looked it up and I was like, what's the deal with mm-hmm. that? And all I found was like forum posts from 2003 from some, you know, ancient website with other people asking, what's the deal with that? And uh, people's best guess that I found was that um, <clears throat> maybe they wanted to be winky and uh, nod to an upcoming He-Man Frosta pairing Go go figure, and that was supposed to represent He-Man and Frosta just as a little Easter egg, like just a little oh, in-joke among the creators. Now that was just pure speculation. It looked like He-Man. It kind of did, yeah. He had the he had the like the I don't know what you call he, it, like chest, yeah. chest armor, and he had the sword. Was he saving her? He was like holding her on his shoulders. It, it was really kind of like a conquest type of a yeah a, I, a, a, a sexy saving, you know, like a pulp novel kind of kind of saving, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw I, I saw a little discussion about that on uh, tw- Twitter actually recently. That was that that was kind of interesting. I kind of hope that <laughs> that was just the animators one little bit of rebellion about having to draw that giant pancake. They were like, "I'm going to put in a inappropriate statue." <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it was definitely it was definitely at least like a Conan nod or something. Definitely so. So anyway, just in case anyone wonders, yeah, that that, yeah, was that was what was I saw. Yeah. <laughs> it is amazing how easy it is to take advantage of people who are frightened. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that I thought was pretty funny about um, Dialamug harassing the villagers is that. One the most pitiful of of the villagers, he uh he had to call Dylamug Sir. And if you were call if you were saying Sir to a robot, your life is going bad. <laughs> <laughs> a party robot, no less, which is what Dylamug is. I'm still convinced. The robot is the boss of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You and I have any of that. You're like, I ain't saying I ain't gonna co-tail to no machines. Like that's what you you can't. Remember you saying robot? <laughs> yeah, they, guess, they seem pretty pretty content with with the uh, robot overlords. Robots no better. Here's is, my treasure to spend at your robot. Well, that store. is there is something very <laughs> buy some sprockets. <laughs> Yes, there's something very pathetic and sweet about uh, about being polite to a robot. It's kind of like, ha- have you seen the meme about the uh, girl's grandmother who did the polite Google searches? Yes. You know, just like, Google, can you please tell me what this is in Roman numerals? Thank you. Like, those mm-hmm. were all her searches. Oh, okay. It's very sweet. I mean, maybe being nice to a robot, Will, is just good manners. Maybe okay? that's why all these guys end up being so bad. You saw Dialamug just sort of turned on a dime when he was challenged. I, I mean, in the in the bar. I mean, maybe it's possible that all these villains had no other choice. That if you look like Beast Man, if you look like Merman, if you look like Dialamug, were you really gonna be hanging out in the palace with all the other beautiful muscle people? No, you are not. What are your options in Etheria? Like, look, I'm going to go run an inn and, you know, be a bummer. Or I'm going to go walk around in my nightcap and uh, <laughs> be a bummer. Or I could be a hordesman and be in a robot. Like, which would you pick? They got some great perks. The hordesman, 
Um, did you did you see those awesome hover bikes they they come in on? Well, yeah, they were. They all... got like the wide grip Harley grips, and they got laser buttons on there. It's so they like... had their own sea doos because these are party bots. But these are cool. Well, yeah, sea doos are cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Rebecca, sea doos are cool. <laughs> Nobody making fun of you at the lake. <laughs> Look, there's a, the robot looks like a tiki monster, okay? It's a sea doo <laughs> When you whiz by all those kids in their inner tubes and they fall off crying, it was real cool. <laughs> Quit following me and dial a mug. We hang out. We do what we do. Don't worry about it. Um, so, <clears throat> something we have not talked about yet is She-Ra's plan for the villagers um, when Cristala has gone oh, to yeah. uh, the uh, rebellion and she has sought out the rebellion. She's like, I've heard about this she rebellion. They need to... Yeah, she went on foot to go find them. They kind of owe, owe her, should feel... I mean, yeah. Like, well, you want to inspire a little girl like, like by helping her as the rebellion. And basically... She gives them a real sniveling, pitiful explanation of what happened. You want to help her. Yeah, but <clears throat> She-Ra's plan is like, well, the thing is, we got to teach you how to stand up for yourself. Which it's like, this is a, I suppose, a good lesson. But it's depressing. And it was weird the way she was saying it. She wasn't even like, we're going to get your town to stand up for themselves and then they'll join the rebellion. She was like really coy about the whole thing. Like, I'm not going to help you, but we're going to help you in some kind of way. And you could see everybody was kind of uneasy. Like, Madame Raz was even like, "Uh, she knows best, dearie. And then Crystal was like, what is she talking about? And I was yelling at the TV, I don't know. I don't know how she's going to help you. It seemed very rude. She drug her all the way over there, away from her home on that flying horse. And he's like, I'm not going to help you. She almost got killed by a thresher, for God's sake. Yeah. Help Cristala. Help her. That's terrible. It's like, I'm going to make a child fight. And, and that's what they really need. <laughs> yeah, I was a little skeptical of this plan. Of course, it had to work for the story's sake. But, you know, I think they need a little more support than just like, stand up for what you believe. That's a that's like a Prince Adam, He-Man, try sure harder. Is. Like, try harder. Well, it really almost could have been a disaster to, to sort of tie this back and ex- explain how, how this pays off. Uh, all the villagers are too cowardly to... Um, fight Dylamug as She-Ra asks them to when she gets to the village and they're hiding in a saloon and She-Ra gamely tries to fight Dylamug and his uh, henchmen and She-Ra pretends to be hit by a laser and so Chris all Cristala can stand and she comes out there out of shame and tries to fight Dylamug and could have easily been killed. She-Ra could have easily gotten that girl killed. It's true. Now if the horsemen were acting like they were in the first episodes of this series, they're all like sucking people up into tubes and stuff like that. You know? They're like putting prisoners in a cell and zapping their willpower. Like, it's not just like the bully on the playground who needs to be sassed. Like, I don't, these guys are actually dangerous. She-Ra. Well, I guess they need some more training because they were dispatched by villagers who had nothing more than cudgels, sticks, and barrels. Yeah, there was uh, barrels. Yeah, there were some pies. Oh, more pies. Yeah, I forgot the pies. Flower sacks. Yeah, pies, it, yeah. It's like the trolleys come to two rivers all over <laughs> yeah. again. Uh, yeah, that, those, that, that pie pie cream is going to get in their joints and really mess up those robots. Probably so. They probably weren't counting on the pie. That's this probably why they sticky. couldn't handle it. So they got, they got pie. We weren't prepared for that. <laughs> why is pie their downfall? That that uh, I don't know. It, it hurt them earlier in the episode. Well, well it's pretty funny that uh, Darius was counting on it. Darius knew they were coming there. He's like, I better bake some pies. He brought those <laughs> pies with him to this battle. Knowing they might have to use them, or at least they'll they'll get hungry while they're there. I guess. I guess so. 
Darius sitting around doing push-ups, baking pies. How does and how how does how does Dialogue know where he's going when he's got a barrel on his head? <laughs> <laughs> is he just he's just following the other guys? I guess sensors. I don't. Yeah, know. maybe. Yeah. I guess I guess sensors. Shira says that since they fought the rebellion, since they fought uh, since they fought Dialamug, that they the rebellion will help them now. But what I want to know is. Is the rebellion prepared to establish a garrison in their town now? How are they going to defend when people come back? Is she she going to train them? Are they going to have supplies? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that's a big no. They'll probably have an alert button or something. (laughs) They're just going to have whatever that village's version of sneezy bolts is. I mean, you know. I guess so. Like the the horde that we saw in the in the beginning of the uh, series has now been downgraded to just you know antics. They're just like bad. They're just like bad. Uh, bad guys on horses coming into town now. Yeah, they're they're just like bad kids throwing snowballs. <laughs> and and the the way they're all the way you always fight Hordax people if you're a villager, it's always like a real Ewok Return of the Jedi kind of thing. It's always just like the the little home homespun homemade things that you have laying around. Yes. Yeah, so and Froster never came back. Froster never helped. She did it. Apparently, she will come back in later episodes. She she was done. She she stayed over her sleepover. She's done. <laughs> yes, I she guess had to she go didn't back to Castle Chill before it melted. Shira, you've given us back our self-respect. Are we ready to talk about the moral? Yeah, I just want to say, <laughs> oh, just, please. Uh, uh, for anyone's concern about the John Goodman voice acting yeah. that I was talking about, I was very it concerned. was Curious George three Back to the Jungle. Ah. <laughs> he was the NASA uh, head of NASA or something like that scientist. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. But now, now that we're <laughs> all, we can all sleep. Oh, well, he, I'm glad we answered that. He could be. Um, he could have been Queen Marlena's um, mission mission commander when she was uh, sent. Well, he doesn't have to play the same role in every movie. <laughs> Are you saying that there's, he's not typecasted? There's like a there's like a crossover between the Curious George universe and and this one. There might as well be. Crazier things have happened. Ah, uh, Beast Man's just Curious George got mutated when he got sent to Eternia. <laughs> Me was curious, and I got stuck here. <laughs> <laughs> Me thinks Skeletor man in yellow hat. We do what he says. <laughs> He's not as nice. Curious George, what a what a dork. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of dorks, let's talk about this moral that Lookie tells us about. I didn't even write Hi, it down. Hi, it's me, Lookie. It's me again, Lookie. Yeah, first of all, did you find me? Did you see me? He was saying something about, oh, if there are bullies, don't be scared to tell an older person yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, tell somebody about it. Because yeah. then they'll tell you that you got to stand up for yourself like she did. Which is not what happened. Uh, Dylan <laughs> bullied them. A child had to go <laughs> seek out the rebellion it's and true. was the only one to come to She-Ra's aid. So that's kind of not what happened, Lookie. You weren't really paying attention. Lookie does a lot of talking, but not a lot of looking, <laughs> maybe. Look, or listening. outside of this universe. I'm not convinced Lookie's a part of the Shira world. No. Uh, is, we'll have to look out and see if Lookie's an actual toy and what species Lookie is. I have many questions about Lookie. I would like to see if there's a toy, because that would, that would be interesting, because I don't think there is. Right. And it just seems like it was tailor-made for a toy. Yeah. Okay, so next episode, I want to see some more high fantasy. I don't want any Lookie. I don't want any Smurfs. I want the Horde people. I want Hordak. I want Shadow Weaver. 
Yeah, I really think they could have struck a balance between things, quote, things the little girls like, mm-hmm. and uh, um, a good fantasy story. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you can have all the glamour and all the intrigue and all the action all together. That's the show I want to see. This is why it makes me so mad when they always talk about, like, uh, girls sci-fi and fantasy stuff doesn't sell it's because they always get weird and panicked about it it just yeah. make a good story and people will buy it i did not know when i was a kid the difference between he-man and she-ra when i got the videotapes i just wanted to see awesome monsters and swords i did not care that's true what if she-ra has an easy bake oven <laughs> <laughs> what if she replays a mommy <laughs> Just come on, guys. What if there's a jewel in her belly button, and when you rub it, it smells like cinnamon? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> they don't they don't hold us in too high regard, unfortunately. I, I think times have changed, and I'm and I'm glad for it. Mm-hmm. Let's you, read you, this episode. Oh, sorry, Scott. Oh, I was just gonna say you take her glitter her head off, and like <laughs> glitter comes out of her. Eye. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkle a, a shira glitter Is on your art projects for your mommy. Uh, but make sure on the box it says, not head blood, it's glitter. <laughs> it's red glitter, but it's not blood. And you have to buy a new doll every time it runs out. After she's out of blood, I mean glitter, you have to get a new one. Replacement heads. <laughs> Replacement. It's going to sell like gangbusters. Why aren't people buying this? Cancel the show. Little girls like crap. <laughs> How would we rate this crap? <laughs> Two stars out of five. Two? Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Seriously. They got punished. They got two because Dial-A-Mug, and I, I liked it. Yeah. Wait, 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 hang on. Let well, me that's think why, of that's why I actually gave it a good rating. Two, p- two pies out of five. Two, two, two pies. villager pies out of five. <laughs> that it, I, I just, I am so upset, and okay. I just want to see more of the Dial-A-Mug saloon. All right, so Rebecca gives it a five because of Loki. What does Scott give it? <laughs> uh... It was hard because, it, yeah, the, the the other half brings it way down. Mm-hmm. You're like, what were they doing? <laughs> it's tough. I I really enjoyed Dial the Mug, though. So, mm-hmm. 3.6. Okay. I feel pretty much the exact same way. Dial the Mug was incredible. I, but you know what? They never made a toy of Dial the Mug, so I'm going to punish them for that. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. Take I've that. Not, not, not even with the classic. I've classics? seen a custom toy made. Okay. But, uh, not no, even with the classics? classics would have been incredible. That's a great one. Yeah, they, they made a Loki. Loki. Oh, no. Classics toy. Oh, no. Barf. <laughs> oh, that'd be a great Halloween costume, is Dilemma. We'll have to think Loki. about that. You should be Loki. <laughs> oh. <laughs> i tell you what. And then creep in people's bushes. <laughs> Did you find me? <laughs> Loki I was looking through every- your window. <laughs> Loki killed everybody. <laughs> I'm gonna go two point zero, and I I, I want to I want to see the zeros for extra shame. I want to see I, I want to see your your Dilemug costume for next Halloween. Okay, I would like to be Dilemug, and I look forward to explaining what I am to everyone <laughs> <laughs> and why I laugh like this. Oh, uh, 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 uh. here's your candy, little boy. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well, it is time for some show notes, but please stay tuned because we have some major developments in the Tootsie Roll bear case. You might have thought we'd forgotten about it, but we have not. 
And I think you're going to see that I am right as usual. And we want to talk about where we go from here. I'm, I'm talking about it as if this is a done deal. I guess Rebecca and Scott will have to judge whether this evidence is good enough. But it's pretty, pretty solid stuff. We had some really good detective work this time. The Tootsie flame burns bright. The Tootsie skepticism remains strong. Stay tuned. And now a few production notes. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or on our website at www.thewizardsnightshirt.com. And of course, you can download us on iTunes, where you can also leave us a review. Reviews help people find the podcast so it can grow. Please sign up for the newsletter through our Facebook page or website, and we can let you know when new episodes are out. Finally, if you have a question or comment for the show, please email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. Thanks. We appreciate your support. It's tough out there for an old gumshoe. People come to me with problems. They call the Tootsie Tip Line. Okay, this is the part of the podcast that is everyone's favorite and confusing for everyone just starting to listen to the podcast. It's time to look at our evidence to prove that a bear with Tootsie Rolls in its hair was once sold in a fundraiser catalog because I mentioned this in passing and Scott and Rebecca gave me a hard time about it. So, of course, we have launched a full-scale investigation and our listeners have been doing some excellent detective work to help me prove that this may have existed. And I would like to submit some new evidence for Rebecca and Scott's consideration. Are we ready, Rebecca and Scott? Proceed. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Tough room. Tough room. (laughs) Okay. So we got uh, a uh, letter. This wasn't technically a letter. I I think... uh, she posted this on Facebook, which is technically allowed because she sent a letter before. But this is from our listener, Cynthia, from Idaho, who says uh, she found uh, she found an expired eBay listing for this item. And I'm going to read you the description for the item, and you see if it sounds like what I've described before in the past, okay? Okay. Okay. V- very cute, soft, plush mom bear with 12 <laughs> curlers on her head. The curlers look like Tootsie Rolls, but are not real Tootsie Rolls. They are Tootsie Roll wrappers stuffed with foam tubing. They fit through loops of leather-type material sewn on her head. Adorable with her pink robe and slippers sewn on her feet. I didn't make that part up, maybe. (laughs) Robe is removable. Bear. Are you pervs? Why? Why? Bear is not jointed. Also a weird expectation. Points of articulation are important in eBay listings. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. From the early 1990s. It's a stuffed bear, so I don't see why yeah. it would be articulating at all, <laughs> from, ever. From early 1990s, that would that would jibe with when I was looking at this. Not suitable for children under three. It's a teddy bear. I don't know. Well, it's got fake-out candy in its hair. Okay, well, here comes a great part. Comes from a non-smoking home. <laughs> <laughs> they always say that on eBay. Well, it's just funny. How that would be too. Dep- you get you get a bear and it smells like nicotine. That's not too depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's grim. All right, that means you can give it to your baby. <laughs> <laughs> smells like mommy. <laughs> uh, they don't have a picture. It says, "Please check out the photos. They're part of the description." Email questions. A lot of persnickety stuff here. Um, so, so I'm gathering that this is an expired listing because you bought it. Is that what happened? <laughs> um, oh, that would be I'm amazing. guessing by your sarcastic comments that this was actually a pretty strongly. Does this not sound like what I was describing? Sure. So I, I, I you, you said real Tootsie Rolls, not not fake Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> so 
Did she put the foam in the Tootsie Roll wrappers? What's the point of even having them? She ate the Tootsie Rolls. And then rewrapped them? And rewrapped them, Foam? Yeah, well, you don't don't want, like, rotten candies. You you, don't. You're giving it to your four-year-old kid. All you're just going to do is eat the candy. That's just a big part of fundraiser candy. Is it supposed to be old because it's been sitting in, like, the band director's closet for (laughs) half a year before you get around to delivering it? So Probably. Yeah. Okay, well, can we at least concede that this probably did exist? Well, this this bear did, but I want to... It's not like someone made that, though. I mean, it could have been made by hand. Jeez. Okay, all right. Crafting people, I... I imagine that there are there somebody might have crafted that in their life. Yeah. Now I, I want to know some more. I, I, I want to know if it's commercially made. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I have another lead. Uh, thank you, Cynthia. By the way, honors await you. Um, <laughs> ne- next lead. Are we ready for the next lead? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. This one was sent by uh, Katie from Ohio. And she also found an eBay listing. And she has a photo of something called a stuffed mama bear with Tootsie Roll curlers and pink robe and ellipses, because I can't see the rest of it. But <laughs> Well, the ellipses is the most important part. Now, if the judge will allow, I would like to distribute Exhibit B, photo of mama bear with curlers. Thank you. I, okay. I see Re- it. Rebecca is now viewing the photo. Her brows are furrowed. She has something sarcastic to say, but she passed it to Scott because I said too much. Scott's looking at it. Scott's convinced. I can see. I mean, see. I get that this is what you describe, but we have we have discussed I, that this could be a thing that was like popular in the craft fair culture in the bazaar. You know how your grandma was always like, "I've got to knit things for the bazaar." Uh huh. Then she calls it the bazaar. Uh-huh. Like, it's for a church bazaar. <laughs> but where is I want to? Okay, it existed. I will give you that. Okay. Now, gum shoes. I want to find a catalog or a prize catalog or some sort of uh, points redemption deal that shows a manufacturer or a place <laughs> where you could get this bear as a prize. That is what I want to know. Yeah, it's a, 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 are you sure you're not you're not just getting that com- your your prize catalog confused with going down to the craft fair? Yeah. So you think this was a common type of craft that was popular at the time, yes. possibly. We need to rule that out. This is a bizarre fever dream. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it, it either. It, I mean, I, I could say that it has started there, but then moved to a more commercial because it became so popular. Wow. Okay. You heard it, sleuths. Okay, that's our next challenge. We're going to have to find some evidence that this was manufactured commercially and presented through some sort of fundraising points redemption auspices. Okay. Well, I would like to thank our gumshoes for being so awesome on the case. And I would like to just also say that, you know, the tipsy tip line, it's about the journey. <laughs> All right? Yeah, we want to, it'd be interesting to see what it's this takes us. It's about the journey. Oh, it'd be interesting to see what this takes us. The tipsy tip line is forever. It will never be shut down. Um, there are always mysteries to be solved. Do we need to justify how this is related to He-Man and She-Ra a little bit at, at all? No! It's our podcast. <laughs> this, this is part of our show. This is happening now. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Thank you, everybody. You can't fight Tootsie. Um, if you want to relate it to He-Man or She-Ra in some way, you can. Like a He-Man doll with Tootsie <laughs> rolls in his hair. <laughs> now that I would love 
for someone to make for me. All right, thanks. Uh, honors await our detectives. When times are tough, you can call the Tootsie Tip Line. Email rumors at thewizardsnightshoit.com. Jerry, come show me how to use this computer. How do you mail an email letter? I got some. And now it's time for... Snake Mountain Honors! Cynthia, you found us evidence when you should have been working. Your honor is a vacation to the Crystal Sea. Katie, you found us a great photo that was exactly what I was talking about. You get the greatest prize of all. Snakes! Well, thank you. That is our show for today. We've had lots of energy drinks and we had a good time and we want to thank you for listening. And please remember, pitiful villagers are secretly rich and they're holding out on you. 